Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles postgame show after the Eagles 25-11 victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. DeAndre Swift once again with a big night, 16 for 130, the second straight game in which he topped 100 yards. I believe that's the first time for an Eagles running back in quite some time. On defense, suffocation again, the best performance of the season for that side of the ball. Jalen Carter makes a huge impact in his return home, uh, near home at least. And uh, Bo Wolf here next to Jamie Lynch. We're expecting Zach Berman from Tampa in a little bit. And Jamie... We came here to do uh, two things tonight. Push some tush <laughs> and talk about this game. And I think we're almost all out of tush. Yeah, well, tushes were certainly pushed. Uh, once again, a, a talking point of the NFL, it seemed like tonight. Uh, don't show Mike Florio or Peter King any of these clips from tonight's game. They might get triggered. Uh, but yes, the Eagles are one of the three remaining undefeated teams in the NFL. And, you know, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck there hit on it at the end of the game. It's amazing that they're not even close to playing their best football it is yet. Wild. <laughs> and they're putting up, you know, monster amount of yards. Uh, and the defense looks spectacular tonight. And we still, I'd be lying to you if I wasn't like, oh, man, Jalen missed some throws tonight, diarrhea or not. You know, like <laughs> uh, he, he left some plays on the field and he would tell you that. And they're not even close to playing their best football. And they're 3-0. And as you said, they outgained the Bucks in this game 472 to 174. Uh, <laughs> another game in which they absolutely dominate the line of scrimmage. Yeah. He said that that was the mismatch coming into this game. Now, the Bucks Vita Vea didn't seem like he was playing a full game there. But nonetheless, Eagles absolutely dominating up front on on offense and on defense, it was even more pronounced. Uh, they were just dominating the Bucks' offensive line throughout this game. Uh, the, like, if you just go possession by possession for the Bucks, you know, they scored that touchdown sort of after the game was already out of reach. It was it was 23-3 to at that point. The the Bucks' first, let's see, six possessions, five possessions, yeah, six possessions goes 
uh, 16 yards, punt, 21 yards, punt, negative three yards, punt. They get a field goal, go 59 yards. Then they uh, get an interception, two plays into a drive. Then Jalen Carter forces the fumble, and then they, they punt again. And then there's the safety. So it's like uh, they score that touchdown at the end, and they never got the ball back. The, uh, the interception that Jalen Hurts throws, that's a beautiful play by, I think it was Dee Delaney, inside yeah. the one-yard line, one yard line. You're like... It's almost like it was like a positive EPA play for Jalen Hurts because you're like they're they're a half a foot outside the end zone. The Eagles are going to get a safety here, and Nicholas Morrow makes a, a great play jumping into the end zone. Yeah, Noro uh, Morrow actually had a, a really nice night. Uh, you know, I know Eagles linebackers always are going to be a point of discussion. Uh, maybe it's just that their life is that easy with the dominance at defensive tackle. Um, I don't know, but either way, you know, Mike Evans kind of gifted you a drop on that first possession. And yeah, the there were there were a couple little gifts yeah. on offense. He had that drop, the the Sidney Brown breakup yeah, in the end really zone. Yeah, nice play by him. It was a nice play, but it was like a, a, a poorly thrown ball by Baker it Mayfield. Was, yeah. Like it should have been a touchdown for them. Well, he also like Baker you couldn't you so. couldn't tell if Sidney Brown knew what he was doing or if he was no, just I sort think of it was pure luck. like falling. It was half, just like, like I'm going to get my hand up there yeah. and hope for the best. But I, I did think that like. By and large, and there were a lot of moving parts on defense tonight for the Eagles. It was James Bradbury in the slot for a lot of it. It actually seemed like their initial uh, plan for most of the game was going to be Sidney Brown in the yeah. slot and uh, Justin Evans and uh, Breed Blankenship at safety with, with Bradbury and Slay on the outside, or they were going to flip back and forth. And then Sidney Brown gets injured, and so they had to lean even more into James Bradbury in the slot, Josh Job on the outside. It looked like Darius Slay was following Mike Evans when he was on the outside throughout this game. But uh, those guys at linebacker, Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham, who, who uh, struggled, well, Cunningham struggled week one, Morrow struggled week two. It looked like they both played well in this game, even at safety, where it looks like the Eagles lost Justin Evans in this game. Yeah. And then Sidney Brown also left and did not return. The Eagles did fine. Now, you know, the Bucks' offense is, it's not like it's trash. You know, the Chiefs' offense, yeah. but uh, I thought that this was by and like as a group the Eagles' best defensive performance of the season for sure. Yeah, for sure. It, it definitely felt like that. And, uh, you know, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter, I, it all kind of started with them tonight. It was another night where Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, and Hassan Reddick were, you know, collapsing pockets but not really getting home. And it's just like the middle of that line was just – it was collapsing every time. The Bucks couldn't run the ball to save their life on those two monsters – uh, even our boy from USC, what's, I'm not even going to... Marlon Tui Pelotu. There you go. What a great celebration. He was like, you like when a guy seems legitimately excited and surprised that he yeah. made a play. Like He was like, he was so happy. Yeah, he was. Starts kissing his forearm. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah. Uh, but that middle of that line, I mean, that's... I, I, you might not be able to find a better D-tackle group in the NFL. Like, they're that good. Yeah. And Jalen Carter in his, is in his third game. <laughs> I mean, it is wild how good he is. Insane. That play, I saw Chris Long retweet it and was just like, wow, Jalen Carter is a monster on the fumble. I mean, he was in at the point of contact on the play, turns around, spins out, and then comes down with like a Thor hammer and punches the ball out. And it was such a crucial part of the game. It was, It was yeah. 10-3 to three at that point, and Jalen Hurts had just thrown that interception to Devin White, yeah. which was a big play, and the Bucks are near midfield at the end of the first half. There's a chance that they could you know, even go and, and tie the game. 
And on the first play of that drive, Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter beats a double team yeah. and gets and splits a sack with Fletcher Cox. It was like an unbelievable rush. And then on the next play, he makes that play where he spins off of the contact, circles around, and like the, the ferociousness, the ferocity with which he punches that ball loose uh, was really impressive. And it's like, not only is this guy so good so early at a position that usually takes a long time, yeah. but for him to sort of like turn it up in a big point in the game like not only is he really really good but it seems like he's got that like you know it's a small sample size he's, he's got that that sort of dog in him yeah. right like yeah coach Dion, i think would or coach prime i should say would have him with a d not uh, mm. you know an l he's got that dog in him uh he's ridiculously good for three games into the nfl ridiculously good I mean, and the baby rhino is going to be a storyline of the nfl i'll say it right now if you haven't bet him to win defensive rookie of the year yeah uh, go might, scramble you might not get any good i mean yeah, your, your odds I are mean, going to be so you, short you might now. be laying uh you know minus 150 to get it at this point on DraftKings. uh but it looks like it's going to be a sure thing the eagles got a blessing uh under some kind of ridiculous circumstances that he fell to him at nine uh but they got an absolute gem of a player nine it's overall. one of the i mean we're gonna have a long time to talk about like the jalen carter career and and how we got here and everything that led to it but there is sort of that um that aaron Rodgers thing a little bit where it's like you wonder if you know to what degree him falling to nine sort of helped uh, like put this little chip on his shoulder, and yeah. if he was the first or second or third pick, you know, would it would it not have had quite the same urgency uh, from his his vantage point as a rookie? And obviously, he landed in a place where he's got these guys who he knows. It's a team that doesn't need him to necessarily be a beast right away, even though he is. Um, I mean, all of those things sort of come together. The biggest thing, though, is that he is just unbelievably talented. Is has there? I mean, I guess you could make the case that DeAndre Swift, but outside of that, I don't know if there's been a better eagle this season <laughs> i think that's a fair point you know like yeah i mean because i'm not breaking like, down the like, i'm not baldy on the offensive Lane johnson line is usually the answer to that question yeah. and he's been awesome but His false starts are getting not picked quite up on a little as bit dominant as as last year for instance um you know aj brown has has been fine great game that hurts has taken a little step back and we're obviously going to get to that I think it could. You could I think you make, make the case. Jalen Carter has been the best player on the team. That's insane. Games. That's insane. Rookie defensive tackles don't do that. That's not like a thing. I mean, really. he's like already the second best rookie defensive tackle of the past ten years. It's been three games. Yeah. I, I mean, what Aaron Donald? Yeah. What are you going with? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like it's that's the trajectory that he's on. It's Th that's insane. That's the level of talent this kid has. And when you put Jordan Davis next to him, uh, you know, when they when they were coming out of school, they kept saying like these two had a nonverbal understanding of one another they wouldn't need to talk they they just played off each other so instinctually uh well and you're kind of seeing it like jordan davis is impossible to move and then you got the moves of carter on the other side with the strength and it's just like these two might be the pillars of the defense here for the next you know 10 12 years if they are able to play that long i mean they have two absolute monsters in the middle of that line and it's it's pretty fucking awesome i'm not gonna sugarcoat it and it's also like uh he's already being treated this way like oh, he's yeah. already commanding he's doubles double teams all the time i mean he gets that sack he's he's beating a double team it's uh it is wild and it is like 
not something that you could necessarily have counted on, but yeah. it's it is. I think I like I like that I like that case that he could be the best player on the team through three games. I think it's possible. It's pretty wild. I, I mean, the other guy, and I see a lot of St. Joe's prep chatter, mm. and I don't know if that's because I'm a LaSalle guy or what, but uh, DeAndre Swift uh, was the other best player on the field tonight, and and holy hell, I mean, yeah. How much does he enjoy playing in Philadelphia behind this offensive line? 16 carries for 130 yards uh, for DeAndre Swift. He also had four catches for 28 yards. Um, he's seeing some big holes. Sure. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, so is Kenny Gainwell. And Kenny Gainwell had 14 carries for 43 yards. And it's, it's not quite the same. But, um, like, the, the quickness with when, when Swift hits the hole. It surprised me. It's really impressive. And he has sort of the make you miss ability. Um, and I don't, I don't mean to like uh, throw shade at a guy, but it looks different than it did with Miles Sanders last year. Like, it does. Um, he is a little bit more decisive. He's a little bit more dynamic. And I think that it has sort of made up in a degree to the way that Jalen Hurts is not playing quite to his level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I saw a stat, you know, that in 40 games in Detroit, he had four 100-yard games in 40 games. Now in three games, he has 200-yard games. And as you said... Yeah, imagine like watching DeAndre Swift tonight as a and, thinking, and, yeah, and thinking to yourself, okay, we got rid of that guy. We took Jameer Gibbs. A, yeah, the 12th <laughs> overall pick and paid David Montgomery to replace this guy. Like... <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's probably a tough pill to swallow there, but uh, you know, those are the extreme positives from tonight. And the other one on the defensive side of the ball, I thought Reed Blankenship played. Mm, I'm so glad I invented him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ed Reed Blankenship really lived up to the hype, man. That that interception, really he, nice. He read from the start, timed it perfectly. Uh, he had a big play in the backfield. Uh, he looks like entering the season. I said, all right, this kid looked promising but I don't want to get carried away and then they kind of like said he wasn't even really a position battle in camp they kind of like were like he's he the took starter. every snap every first team snap and yeah. I went okay I guess and then you know you missed his his absence in week two and in weeks one and three Reed Blankenship's looked the part again so um, you know, there's some really good things happening on the defensive side of the ball. Some offensive stuff uh, emerged tonight. There was some bad there, but uh, seeing A.J. Brown get involved in a big way uh, was, was pleasant to see as well. Yeah, nine catches for 131 for A.J. Brown. I feel like that was as quiet a yeah. like 131 as you're ever going to get. Um, he wanted it, a touchdown bad. <laughs> yeah, he really <laughs> Real bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of that came either on that first drive or after the game was a little bit out of hand. Um, and I think you can probably tell that the Eagles are cognizant of getting him the ball and trying yeah. to keep him involved. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, De uh, De Devontae Smith had just four for 28, and Dallas Goddard had five for 41. Goddard looked better tonight and more involved than he has been the, those first two games. But the A.J. Brown thing, uh, you know, I think it's nice that they fed him. Um, Maybe that quiets things down for a couple of weeks, right? But uh, I, I don't necessarily think that that's like the end of that. No, I wouldn't think so until he starts putting up, you know, a multi-touchdown games right. and, and feeling himself again. I think he's going to want the ball on it. Who do you think is like the, the A.J. Brown of the, the PHLY crew? Ooh. Who's like demanding more, uh, more ball? Mm, that's a tough question. I haven't, I haven't been around the Flyers guys yet, but Bill mm -hmm. Matz might might okay. be the guy uh, that wants more of a workload. I here. like to imagine a scenario in which, like, because Charlie uh, O'Connor, I know, is is very sort of 
reserved. Yes. I like to imagine a situation in which he just <laughs> comes in and starts demanding he's to be on, on every keyboard. show. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is bull. Like, I should be hosting the I'm Eagles the best show guy too. here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's already writing Phillies. Yeah, it feels like true. he is maybe tr- he's spreading talented, his wings yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, let's talk about Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah. So Jalen Hurts in this game finishes with uh, two interceptions, 23 of 37, uh, completed about 62% of his passes, 277 yards, seven and a half yards per attempt, sacked once. The two interceptions, he also ran for uh, 28 yards on 10 carries. A lot of those were, were quarterback sneaks, so nothing too big of a deal there. But um, he was negative EPA per drop back again. And I think I was, I'm sort of like checking myself because – um, I was I was looking back at the like the game by game EPA per dropbacks from last season, and more often than not he was good. You know he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league last year. But he had some down games. If you count the playoffs, he played 18 games last year. 12 of them were positive EPA per dropback. Six of them were negative. Right. So even in the in the regular season it was 10 to five. So two thirds of the time he's playing a very good game just as a drop-back passer, not, continue, not taking into account any other running. This year, he's been below zero in all three games, right? So, you know, are we uh, forgetting that there were some bad games last year, or are we saying, like, it's true that through the first three games, he has not looked so good? Now, I think there is a, a bit of a balance here, and I feel a little bit better tonight than I did last week, even though he probably played a, maybe a worse game tonight. Because I just think about the offense as a whole and the way that they're able to run the ball right now, I think there is like the reason that he is not part of the reason, at least, that he is not looking so great as a passer is because I think that defenses are using their resources to, to sort of stop the passing game. Right. You know, it was all the, the drop eights the first two games. And in this game, Todd Bowles, I think uh, a bit against type was playing a little bit more coverage. And if teams are going to do that. Right now, the Eagles can just sort of run the ball down their throats, right? Yeah. Um, and we saw that last week. We saw that a little bit in the Patriots game, not quite so much. And I think that this is like the um, the long game where, like against the Chiefs or against the Bengals last year, against these really, really good quarterbacks, if defenses are going to do that, are the opposing offenses like good enough running the ball and patient enough running the ball to just beat teams up that way? And where I don't necessarily think that that was the case for, like, the Chiefs, I think that is the case for the Eagles. And so I, I think that they are in a situation right now because they have this sort of easy part of the early schedule yeah. where they can be a little bit patient. And if teams are going to continue just trying to stop the big play in the passing game for the Eagles, the Eagles can just run the ball, and it's going to be fine. And I am not like a run-the-ball, run-the-ball kind of guy. But – if all of a sudden teams are like, okay, like we, we got to stop DeAndre Swift from running the ball eight yards a carry, we got to put some more guys in the box, then I, I sort of, I think you have to trust that Jalen Hurts is going to be able to turn it on then and get the passing game going, and then it's sort of the push and pull of how our team's going to defend us. So I, I, was, I was worried about the way he played tonight. Um, it seemed different than last week where like he was seeing things okay, and uh, or he wasn't seeing things okay, but when he did throw the ball, he was accurate. Tonight it, it seemed like he was seeing things okay, he was just missing throws. Like, yeah. Um, and so I'm a little bit less worried than I, I would have expected to be. Um, I actually thought tonight was a little bit better than last week just because tonight the, with Goddard early on, there was like two plays where they seemed to be on different pages. Right. Um, 
the reason I was encouraged tonight by his play was there was two or three throws where he stayed in the pocket and delivered balls on the money. Like the Zacchaeus, another St. Joe's prep guide, all you commenters, yep. Um, touchdown. You can't get much better than that in the NFL. Uh, it was a beautifully placed ball right over somebody's, you know, outriched arms as he was taking a big shot. Um, so that was really encouraging. Uh, the A.J. Brown almost touchdown. At first, I was like, why did he throw that so high? And then on replay, you saw the linebacker jumping up, yeah. and, he, and he placed it just over his fingers. That's a ball that A.J. should I think uh, so. make yeah. a touchdown on probably eight out of ten times. Um, so it seemed to me like maybe they should play a little bit in the preseason. It seemed like some of that, that timing chemistry was off tonight on a couple plays. Uh, but I saw one of the commenters there say they thought he stayed in the pocket a little bit more tonight. I agree. I think he, you know, at times last year, we forget he was quick to bail on the pocket early in the season a lot. And I was worried that was going to become an Achilles heel of his tonight. He showed, you know, the, the brass ones to hang in yeah, there. I think we saw it a couple times tonight. Yeah. Uh, probably five times, yeah. four or five times. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was more encouraged than I wasn't. He was definitely off. The one interception at the pylon, I give all the credit to the defender on that one. You would have liked a little more zip on that pass, yeah. but that's a hell of a play. By I don't, the yeah, I don't have an issue with that throw. The interception to David, that looked like one of those miscommunication timing. And that he was expect, swept he was throwing too. Yeah, yeah, so something was off there because that was too bad of an interception for him. That was bad. And, da right. and David looked like he couldn't move on that. I don't. I think he came in. It was, it was Devin White. I think he came in with, White, a, White, with a groin yeah. injury. And uh, okay. so he was like, he wasn't going to go all out. Yeah. But it could have seemed like he could have lowered his shoulder and tried to run over Joe yeah. Hurts. Yeah. I mean, how do you not take a shot yeah, at the quarterback yeah. if you're yeah. a linebacker in the league? So uh, overall, you know, I'd give him like a B minus tonight. Him specifically, I'm I'm looking at like a C, I think. You're but, a C? Yeah. We'll but, see what uh, Zach all hopped up on Banana Foster uh, that's right. gives him. But, you well, know. and Hurts is going to you know, win as a win. When, <laughs> I thought we were, uh, since when does a win not matter? That's so the only maybe thing that, that matters, averages but, out to a C-plus for the game. Yeah, he certainly this, wasn't his best, but there was a couple things I was encouraged by. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that, like, if, if you're looking for, like, real trouble signs of a guy, like, keeping his eyes down against the rush, I haven't seen that. Um, I think it was just it was a, he was he was not great in a different way tonight than he was last week, but I feel like the the overall health of the team I feel better about than I did last week because seeing the defense turn it up a little bit, yeah, um, seeing like the continuation of this run game dominance I think is all very good and and bodes well because it, it means and and in the uh, vein of a win is a win. Being able to stack these wins, as you said before, one of only three and three three and teams in the league. Now you have some sort of time to live with the uh, the evolution of Jalen Hurts' season here. Yeah, and if they truly haven't played their best games yet, I mean that means their best is potentially really really good. Uh, and they do have a murderer's True. row stretch in the middle of the season there, where you're going to get tested, and it's not going to be a Baker Mayfield and a Sam Howe. Uh, and who did they play last week? I'm brain farting. I mean, the quarterbacks haven't been stellar. Oh, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Kirk Cousins. Melvin, yeah. He's mids. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're going to face those those big-time quarterbacks later in the season. Uh, but it's, it's always nice to give yourself a little buffer space here uh, with the layups. Because if they lost any of these three games, <laughs> the Eagles fans would not be taking it well.
Yeah, I, you know, shout out to uh, to Defop Dan McQuaid, who likes to say like, like the, the perfect Eagles win is a win in which they don't play so well, but they win the game anyway, so everybody has a lot to complain about. Yeah. In in that vein, it has been the perfect start to the season. Sure. Like three wins, <laughs> and every one of them has been like, what the hell is wrong? Yeah, yeah. Why, why aren't they playing better? It's like, right. well, they're 3-0. and oh. like, right. How many times in my life have the Eagles started 3-0? and oh? You know, maybe a handful? It's probably not that many. So, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to hear uh, Jalen Hurts' cliches after the game. He's probably going to have some good Sabinisms and maybe some Hurtsisms, and he's probably going to be a cliche machine tonight. Uh, but it did come out at halftime was the first time I heard yeah, that Adam that? Schefter was reporting he had flu-like symptoms entering the game. Surprised we didn't catch any of that. You always want a little bit more info on that. Yeah, yeah, I want the real nitty-gritty questions asked. Was, you know, which end was it coming out of? Right. Uh, what was this? Why can't we get a temperature? You know, what's his temperature reading? Yeah, was I mean, he, if, was he if, above we are, if we are giving that information to reporters as like sort of an excuse, yeah. let's, let's, was you know, let's get the, yeah, let's get the details. Did he take Tylenol? Uh, did his fever break? Did he have the chills? Uh, did he ask the maid to turn down his bed last night because he sweat through his sheets? Let's get some details about the sickness here, you know? I agree with that. And the flu is just a little too vague. It could mean anything. Yeah. Let's get some nitty-gritty details I'll, I'll here. We'll talk about it uh, after the game. <laughs> now, uh, Jamie, uh, we're going to talk DraftKings, but you had on both your best bets from the pregame show. A little 2-0 and night Nicely for me. done. The DeAndre Swift now, in hindsight, looked DeAndre like... DeAndre Swift over and looked easy money. Yeah, 39 and a half. Yeah. That was free money. And then Baker Mayfield... Interception. Because uh, he was looking a little thick. I, I went uh, interception. And Ed Reed Blankenship made me 2-0. Uh, and oh, So that takes me to 3-1 and one on the year. Big job by you. Yeah, I like not that. bad. Not I bad. went 1-1. One and one. I, right. I got my Rashad White under on the rushing, but I did not... For some reason, I... I Decided to put money on Trey Palmer. Not real money, but uh, Trey Palmer had one Pride catch. Money. I needed one more catch from Trey Palmer. Pride but money, yeah. But I go. did take the Eagles straight up on DraftKings. So uh, thank you for the deposit, uh, DraftKings. I always appreciate when you pay me uh, swiftly. Um, so, yeah, that was nice. You know, they covered fairly easily. Mike Evans came to life late there. Um, I'm sure Slay's not going to be happy about that one touchdown. Mm. Uh, but he made a couple stellar catches late, and it was a weird game for him because he had it like those three, like three drops, yeah. And then the last drive, you saw, oh yeah, that's Hall of Famer Mike Evans. There he is, right? And he came to life. And uh, overall, the Bucks offense, nah, I don't really. Not until the very end. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, good receivers, but Baker Mayfield's only going to take you as far as Baker Mayfield can. I think that's right. Well, uh, we are back with another week of football. And DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you are in on the action. So download the app and sign up with code PHLY. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code PHLY. The crown 
is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana. 21 and older. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. Csportsbook.draftkings.com slash football. Terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. There we go. That's good work by you. It's always, uh, it seems shorter when you read it. When I do it in my head, it takes like mm. six minutes. Yes. Uh, but that seemed pretty quick. Uh, good night, Barbara Carroll in the chat room. Thanks for hanging out with us for a little bit. Uh, Bo, there was a comment right above that that said, uh, who was it there? Mr. Woody's ah. baby. Uh, Bo picked the Eagles pregame. Yeah, we got a, man, a couple for the prediction. That's yeah, somebody which... who did not watch the pregame yeah. show. <laughs> he flip-flopped. That's right. He picked uh, the Eagles in the pregame show. I said, show. you know, I, uh, we, I had to make that prediction on Friday. I thought maybe the Eagles were going to lose. And then I sort of felt the temperature yeah. as things were going along. And it wasn't as the I got this here today, I said, you know, Andrew asked me before the show. I said, you know what? I don't think they're going to lose this game anymore. And uh, pregame, I, I flipped my pick. I picked the Eagles to win. And so, you know, does this mean that I can have it both ways? Absolutely. <laughs> but the last prediction is the one that's really the official prediction. Yeah, and so a uh, good job by me, frankly. Yeah. I mean, you got to pat yourself on the back there. Um, and, you know, it is a tremendous job by you playing both sides, but ultimately picking the right side. Uh, and shout out to Sam and Nick and Josh and Philly 5-2 and Rev Dad, all you guys hanging out after the game. We really appreciate you. Just, you know, keep smashing that like and subscribe button here on our YouTube channel. A lot of fun getting to do this live uh, and react after a win. And guess what? The next game on the schedule, Bo, um, I like their odds. Mm. I'm just going to say that early. Yeah, I, I like the, their uh, odds to go 4-0. I wonder what the early line there is. And give, it a, give it a look there. Let me give you a, a chance here, uh, I'm Jamie. I'm guess. That's at home? It is at home. I'm going to say Eagles minus 7.5. From what I can see here, it might be eight. It and is half. seven and a half. Might be seven. Seven. All right. I was. Uh, Although that may. This was uh, as of today, so probably not taking into account. Okay. The so yeah, it'll tonight. probably be that seven and a half or right. eight yeah. line, uh, right around that. Uh, a lot of people in the comment section were curious, Bo, your thoughts on Hassan Reddick tonight. Um, that's something I, I actually had on my notes. It's a little to, on my radar. To yeah. ask Zach about. Um, if you remember last year, he started out really slow. Yes. And Sirianni had the comment of like, guys, I'm telling you, he's close. He's close. He's going to bust out. Somebody in the chat said, you know, he still has the, the cast on his hand. He's got to be close. Are you seeing, um, is it fair to fall back on last year and the slow start and then the, the boom once the, the floodgates opened up? Or do you have a little bit of concern in that he doesn't look the same as last year? I have a, I, I would say, a small bit of concern, like on, a, you know, one to ten turkeys. I'm probably like a three, um, because I do think it looks a little bit different. He doesn't, he doesn't look quite as explosive. Yeah. And there is the mitigating factor of the the hand injury, the thumb injury, right? So, uh, I'm not like super concerned about it because I imagine that, uh, you know, that's on the come a little bit, and the defensive, the interior has been so good that it's not like they're missing him. Yeah. Um, but I do think that. He doesn't look quite the same as he did last year. Not that, and I would say I have like about as much faith that he'll get back to that level as I do with Jalen Hurts. Okay. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, him and Sweat, I thought, have been getting close. 
Uh, but quarterbacks, obviously, when you you know set an NFL record for sacks in a season, part of the offseason work for preparing for the Eagles is get rid of the ball quick. And, you know, I thought Baker Mayfield actually did a fairly decent job of uh, making his reads quick and, and making his decisions tonight. So I think that's hurting him. Um, I, I'm not overly concerned, but I agree with you that he doesn't quite look as quick or as explosive last year. Uh, but then you see those, some of those get-off-the-line stats, uh, and he's still up there, you know, as a pretty quick player. So hopeful that it'll come, but I don't know what I'm basing that on outside of three straight years of double-digit right. sacks. Which is, I think, enough to... A fair, to yeah. I mean, on. that's yeah. some, some real equity he gained with Eagles fans. Right. So I wouldn't say concerned, but curious why it's taking him a couple games each year here to get going. I don't know why that is exactly. One thing that I, that I think uh, is worth talking about is the Eagles' performance in the red zone, Jamie. Uh, one great? for five in this game. You know, yeah. they start this game pretty much dominating, and they get two trips to the red zone, and they come out with only three points. Um, I think this is one where I would probably tend to look at it right now with a, with a glass half full because this was something where – you know, generally speaking, year to year, like offensive red zone performance is something that's not super sticky. And they were so good last year that you were expecting some regression to the mean this year. Mm -hmm. And so for them to have a game when they go one for five and still win by two touchdowns, that's probably good. You know, maybe you sort of save your uh, your good games. The flip side to that is it does just generally feel like their plan in the red zone schematically is is not super buttoned up. It seems like their plan is to get to the two-yard line and then tush-push their way in. Twice, yeah, yeah. We need um, more tush in the tush-push, yeah. you know? Yeah, and we'll get the latest uh, when we check in uh, from Zach Berman. I saw somebody in the comments say they thought Landon Dickerson had a knee contusion. Mm. Hopefully it's just something. Just killed a guy on that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was wild. And that was the big swift, uh, you know, like 43-yard play or whatever it was. Um, yeah, red zone hasn't been great. I don't know where the blame goes. Um, part of it might be Brian Johnson. Part of it might be Jalen. Um, I'm not really sure uh, what that is. We can talk to Zach about that after he gets out of the locker room because the timeline was not happy with Brian Johnson tonight. Uh, but it's never as simple as one person's fault. Um, you know, he's adjusting to his new job, and it's not great in the red zone so far. Um, but I also think Jalen hasn't been his best yet either. To me, like, until you kind of get a little more offensive confidence, just keep running the ball down teams' throats. I'm not trying to go 1983 Buddy Ryan guy here, uh, but, like, it's kind of an unstoppable play. Like, they're just, they're just, you know, road grading teams. And to me, yeah, you want some passes in the air, but, like, just shove it down their throat. It's funny because I, this, this has sort of occurred to me in the second half of this game. Like, we talk about this with Jalen Hurts and how quarterback development is not linear. And it sort of seems like the, the offense we've seen from the Eagles this season is maybe the offense that I would have expected to see at the beginning of last season when they were uh, trying to, like, incorporate A.J. Brown into the offense and they just sort of like skipped a step and they just went from yeah. the 2021 offense to like one of the best offenses in the league. And it seemed like uh, this season where Jalen Hurts is a little bit more uneven as a passer and they can still throw the ball effectively at times, but really need to lean on the ground game and, and that being their superpower. It would have made more, more sense logically if it was like 2021 to 2023 and then the 2022 yeah, yeah, offense. Yeah, it's totally. just like it's sort of come out of order. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Uh, and that was 
you know, part of my concern going into this year, I was like, he had such a meteoric rise, right. like you just said, in that one year, it's almost natural that he takes a step back or a slight regression. Not to say he was going to like go out and suck, right. but he was so good last year, and every decision he made and every defensive reading he was making seemed to be on point and almost always the right play. And then this year you're seeing whether it's uh, lack of great communication between him and his his targets like that, uh, you know, one interception tonight was just a complete miscommunication between the two of them. So like stuff like that's popping up and uh, and hopefully that's all very correctable. Uh, but it is almost a step back or a regression um, from last year. And I, I like the the touchdown pass to Alameda Zacchaeus, right? On that drive, there were two of those plays, both to Zacchaeus, where uh, it looked like you couldn't tell if Jalen Hurts had the perfect read of what yeah. was happening in the yeah. pocket and was just getting rid of the ball when he had a second or if he was sort of oblivious to what was going on around him and he got a little bit lucky. And the first one uh, is the one where the guy's coming around him. Mylotta has to block him, but then he's about to get hit again and he lofts it to Zacchaeus, who was open. And then, and then the other one is like he's getting hit and he just gets just enough of it over yeah. uh, the defender to get to Zacchaeus for the touchdown. I think that's a question for like that only he probably knows the answer to, but but you know I wonder what Brian Johnson or Nick Sirianni yeah, would say. Yeah, I would love to be a fly on the wall in those film sessions just to kind of know what they're actually saying. Um, lucky, yeah, yeah, a lucky mf'er, yeah, yeah. Um, what have you thought about the pass protection from the offensive line so far this year? Yeah, I think it has been good. I think it has not been as as maybe not as good as last year. Uh, I think they have been better as as run blockers, maybe. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think Mylotta is not perfect there. Lane Johnson has been like uh, he's been like a 96 instead of a 99, uh, if you were sort of grading him out, right? Um, I think there has been a little bit of pressure, and there are times when it does seem like Hertz could step up a little bit, and instead he bails. But then there are times when he bails because he should bail, and he's mm -hmm. able to you know scramble for a first down. So um, I would say. Uh, you know, the, the offensive line is very low on the list of concerns, right? Yeah, definitely low on the list of concerns. Uh, but I just I, I agree with you. I don't think they're looking as good in pass protection as they did last year. Uh, I don't know. I can't imagine the offensive line blocking schemes change that much under Brian Johnson's offense compared to Shane Steichen's. Like, sure. I, I would imagine that's the staple that you yeah, keep those the same. Are, uh, Stout is, is running those. Yeah, no like Stout and University exists for a reason. So I can't imagine that changed a lot. Uh, you know, maybe the offensive line looks better if Jalen's making some quicker decisions this year. Um, you know, last week he kind of looked unsure of when to pull the trigger, almost like... And there was a couple plays early in the first half tonight where, you know, he's scrambling, scrambling, scrambling. Now with the ESPN, you know, camera angles, you can't really see downfield all the time. So do I think that everybody's covered on every single play? Right. No, probably not. But at the same time, I can't see uh, what he's seen. So I don't know. You know, that's why I leave that to the experts like uh, Baldy and other guys that are going to be doing the film reviews this week. I'd be curious to see, like... You know, are these guys locked up downfield? Is this a defensive scheme that's working with the Eagles, or is Jalen missing some guys that are, you know, breaking open or open? Yeah, and hopefully we'll have a chance to to go over that this week. And yes, we'll talk to Baldy at yeah, some point. Yeah, definitely, he's hopefully great at as well. It. Have you watched any any Commanders at all? Uh, I've yeah, a little bit. I watched some uh, on Sunday. A um, couple bloodies in. Yeah, a couple bloodies, and, yeah. and the hot red wines were pouring at my oh, house. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. nice crock good pot fall, of chili. Yeah, oh yeah, good fall the crock activity. pot made its debut okay and that's when it's really fall is when the crock pot's out um how's not bad 
I mean, he's he's a rookie. I, yeah, I mean, I have not like watched every game, but he does look a, he does look a little bit better than I was expecting. Yeah, that's all. I'm I mean, trying meanwhile, to... they scored zero points yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that's um, how I was expecting them to look. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'll tell you right now, I'm probably going to bet the Eagles when this line opens because uh, mm. it's probably going to grow over the week. Uh, they have some talent defensively, but you know, the Commanders are not really going to be a problem here. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it's a division I would, game. I would lean so towards I shouldn't, saying that. Yeah, I shouldn't scoff it off. It is an NFC East game, but. Come on. Josh Harris Bowl. Yeah. Wouldn't want to be him this week. Yeah, you know, like, uh, it would be nice to be Josh Harris, uh, just, oh, like, sure. money-wise yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that stuff. But then, you'd like, you would have to look at yourself in the mirror, and it's He's kind, of a, walking it's into kind of a scary sight. Right? On Sunday, and uh, I can't imagine the, uh, the welcome's going to be too trying to do warm. my Josh Harris face. Like, it's like a... <laughs> it's, he, he looks like... Uh, he's perpetually feeling how Jalen Hurts felt before the game, is what I would say. <laughs> yeah, that's an accurate description. Almost like somebody beefed over in the corner, and he's like, "Where's that coming from?" Always. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he does the, the handshake the uh, with Joe Buck. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, you know they're gonna they're most likely gonna be four zero, and we'll see if uh, the Miami Dolphins and the San Francisco 49ers can uh, can hold uh, and stay. You know, undefeated as well. I don't know who they have offhand, but, um, you know, they, they certainly look like the three best teams in the NFL so far. Mm. San Fran's good. Miami's potentially Yeah, that scary. Dolphins, you know, I think we all thought that um, making that Dolphins game a Sunday nighter and, like, making that the Kelly Green game was like, oh, I mean, is that really going to be the one? And now it's starting yep. to look like, yeah, that'll be a hell of a game. That's going to be a hell of a game. And Tyreek Hill is a freak and Jalen Waddell. I mean, they're, they're one of the teams that's right up there with the Eagles in terms of a wide receiver, receiver power room. Uh, I mean, it's probably the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Eagles, that, and maybe the 49ers if Ayuk can continue what he did last year. They're probably and look at that. They're three or four of the better teams in the NFL. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm gl- I'm glad the Eagles shifted their philosophy because uh, for years and years under Andy Reid, it was like, nah, we don't need the top receivers in the game. Nah, we're all right. We believe in mm-hmm. our system and our philosophy. And now you look at the best teams in the NFL, and a lot of them typically have great wide receivers. I think that's right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what matters. Yeah. yeah. And Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are excellent. Yeah. I mean, those guys are studs. Now, this is an interesting development, mm. Jamie, because uh, we hear that Ooh. Zach is uh, waiting for Jalen Hurts' press conference before so he, he comes up. He might up. be getting the temperature readings, the medicine intake, all that good information. And this is interesting because it's different than last week. Remember mm-hmm. last week, Zach decided to come up to the press box and skip Jalen Hurts because he was... Putting his, uh, you know, he, he was thinking that the show mattered more. Yeah. Now he's waiting for Jalen Hurts. I feel like we can do nothing but take that as an insult. Well, I did get the sense last week with Zach that he was uncomfortable being with us, knowing that he was missing. Oh, Hertz. like to his core. Yeah, like it was hurting Absolutely, him. Yeah. He had kind of had Josh Harris face a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I could sense that. Yes. Um, so it's good to know that we weren't making that up. But we there. are here left to pick up the pieces. Yeah. I really want to know about Landon Dickerson. You know, I know uh, Suo Peta came in and I'm sure looked fine. You know, like I didn't really notice him screwing up or anything. But Landon Dickerson is uh, he's a really good player. And hopefully that's just as something as simple as a, a contusion. Uh, and there's a couple other injuries, you know. They're, uh, they're losing guys in the secondary uh, pretty quickly. They are losing guys in the secondary, no doubt about it. So they, they have already obviously lost Avante Maddox. Justin Evans goes down in this game. Sidney Brown goes down in this game. That leaves you with Blankenship and Edmonds at safety. And it was Bradbury um, at 
slot with Job on the outside with, with Darius Slay. Mario Goodrich was inactive for this game. Even yeah. though he was the backup Nickel last game. I guess with injuries, maybe he'll be back in the picture. I was thinking before the game that if there were no injuries, he'd be the next guy uh, to be released just because if he's not going to be active for this game, what's the point of ha- having him on the roster? Yeah. Uh, but we will sort of see how that plays out. Jared makes a good point. Um, he's probably waiting for Jalen to finish up listening to Freddie Mercury before he comes mm. out and talks to the media as Jalen does on a weekly and basis. And m- maybe like pestering the kitchen staff to see if there are any leftover bananas. Foster. <laughs> yeah. One of the two. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah. Uh, well, while we wait for Zach, we can talk about game time because uh, it's probably a little bit too late to get tickets to the, uh, the Monday night game. But if you're thinking about, you know, do you want to go next week against the commanders? Maybe the, uh, maybe the prices are going to drop. You're thinking, can I, can I play this gamble? I'm going to go tailgate. I'm going to, wait and wait and wait and i think sometimes that pays off for you and game time is the place to to check it out because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have Flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views and the lowest price guarantee. Event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. It is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps in your set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app. Create an account and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's good work right there. Um, it's hard to usually find subjects that are universally agreed upon, okay, uh, especially when watching uh, football games. You know, usually everybody can agree, like, screw cancer. Like, that's one that's universally just supported. I agree with that. Yep. Um, tonight, I think there was one in the broadcast, and that mm. was the split screen of Cincinnati and the Rams. What the hell was ESPN shoving that down our throats for? Everybody knows the other game is on. If you want to watch the other game, they'll put on on the other other channel. Just flip over. Also, like, it's 2023. Everyone's got a second screen, (laughs) right? If you want to have the other one, just put it on your phone. And it came during that interception when it got put in the smaller box. They didn't wait for, like, a review or a slow time. It was very bizarre. So, uh, you know, I'm glad we could all come together in our hate of ESPN shoving the double box uh, down our throats tonight because that was just completely unnecessary uh, that really kind of yeah, you are, you are preaching to the choir in the chat the chat is like uh, yeah what the hell was that amen and apparently joe burrow is uh, struggling uh he, he's one for 15 this year on on passes downfield interesting yeah so maybe it's not just jalen hurt struggling are you similarly wired wired where you cannot hear anyone say the word struggling without imagining joe namath struggling i say in my head i struggling. have to, struggling you look <laughs> I, I want to kiss you right now. It's impossible. It's impossible to hear that word. And <laughs> no, it's like uh, the Joe word Namath. was forever changed when Joe Namath yeah. did that. And mm. then Joe Namath just went on to shit all over Zach Wilson uh, today, which was pretty great. So he's on a roll. And I mean, you think he's right about yeah, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I, I do feel is. like the Jets, like enough is enough. <laughs> it's been three games. Like you do, you cannot allow the rest of the guys on that roster 
to play 14 more games with him as their quarterback. No, like no. you owe it to them to do something. They and have if, to do something else. And it's if you're so Carson bad. Wentz and you call the Jets and offer your services and get told no, you just have to file your retirement paperwork the next day, don't you? Like it's over. Yeah. It's done. If the Jets are saying no with that product on the field, he's so bad. It's time to hang him up, Carson. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the one, I'm sorry I have to break the news to you, but your career is over. You can retire now and, and go kill some animals and have fun with your brothers, and that's your NFL career is over. The Jets said no. One, uh, one small game management complaint I have. Can I guess? Yeah. Is this the – well, I don't know if this falls under game management, but the fake tush-push play? Oh, that too. I did, yeah. I mean, my that, reaction there was, why? Why, are we, why are we wasting that now? Yeah, of yeah. 19 at the time? Yeah, it felt like a weird time to do it. Unless Real the weird. order, Unless the order was like, hey, Jalen, go trip on purpose <laughs> so teams have to you know, prepare for this and they don't get to see what the actual play was. Uh, that was weird. Okay, so that I guessed wrong, but raised another point. No, know. no, and we talked about it yeah. when we were watching. Um, so what was my the other one was end of the first half after the Jalen Carter uh, forced fumble, right? The Eagles have a chance to go get some points. After the review of the A.J. Brown play out of bounds, where I don't understand why they overturned that. I still don't understand. There was no clear evidence at all. 15 seconds left, one timeout, third and two from like the 25 or whatever it was. Yeah. And they call that run to Jalen Hurts, which to me makes no sense because even if he gets it, which he did, it's a long developing play that took, I think, six seconds off the play clock. So now you burn your last timeout. And so you only can throw one ball to the end zone. And, and then Jalen Hurts throws that ball not to the end zone, which was a bad decision. That could have been picked, yeah. right? Um, whereas, why don't you well, – you should be throwing the ball there. And then if you get closer in a little bit better position, you have a, a, a better chance of scoring a touchdown. Or you miss and you can get a field goal. Or you can uh, get – if it's, if it's less room – there's just more time left. It's a, it's a quicker play, so you're going to have more time on the clock. It didn't make any sense to me. No, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And you wonder, like, is that something that Brian Johnson learns on the fly? You would think it's something intuitive in him as a football player and a former quarterback right. to kind of already know ahead of time. Like, your and play it could is also the... be a situation where, you know, Hurts checks to that play or something. Sure, but yeah. yeah, we don't know the play call. Let's be, and... let's be thinking these things through a little bit. But, you know, I mean, it's favorable for the Eagles here that they do have the easier part of their schedule early, as it does seem like it, it is kind of preseason for some of the offense and maybe uh, for Brian Johnson some too. Sean Desai, stock is soaring. I would say Brian Johnson's stock is... Uh, on the downturn a little bit and fair or not that's just how people are reacting to it so far because of the yeah, red I think zone that's the reaction, tonight right yeah I'm, yeah i'm i'm not ready to say you know stock down on on brian johnson i think i, I sort of want to watch what it looked like to the point you made earlier about was jalen missing some guys yeah. um i give him credit for for leaning on the run game when it was yeah last week I, know, th- so I thought pronounced. brian johnson got a lot of credit for that game um but i am with you on desai um and you know, as you said, we're, we're talking about Baker Mayfield in 2023. It's not like this was the most difficult test. No. <laughs> but for a unit that you would have expected to have to take some time to coalesce to a new scheme and, and that has had to deal with so many injuries, I mean, you know, maybe the biggest, most important part is that, you know, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox look really good. Yeah. And, you know, Sean Desai doesn't get credit for that. But I think dealing with all the pieces he's had to deal with 
I give them credit for for how good they've looked. Yeah, and Cunningham, the linebacker, has looked uh, you know fairly solid. I think in two of the three games. So you know that was the big concern after week one was uh, are we back to linebacker woes uh, as an Eagles fan? And you know no, I'm not just saying that Cunningham's coming in like T.J. Edwards or Kaiser White who are off to good starts this year. I think T.J.'s second in the NFL in tackles already. Um, but Cunningham has looked serviceable now in these last two games. So, you know, maybe give Desai some credit there for uh, them not looking like... T.J. Edwards is second in the league in tackles? Yeah, behind LaSalle High School Zaire Franklin nice. on Indy. If you remember, he had a monster game versus the Eagles last year. And then Jason Kelsey ran him over. Yes, and, and then he practices. got trucked late. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah T.J. Edwards, I believe, is second in the NFL. I mean, I, got, I guess the Bears defense is on the field a lot. So yeah, that that's true. Yeah. That can be a misleading stat. Sure. It may, maybe means that people are preying on you. and you. Right, <laughs> Right. exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't want, like, corners with a lot of tackles. No, yeah. it's always linebackers, typically. Um but yeah, TJ Edwards, you know, look, they that was a pretty good linebacking core they had last year. And, you know, these guys are Cunningham looks okay. And uh, Morrow, He's I thought, better. had a solid game I too agree. tonight. I agree. I, you know, Christian Ellis got a little bit of burn. Yeah, it was mostly Christians. as a blitzer. You know, I, we are a slow developing <laughs> community. Uh, but I still believe that we have the faith that, that things yeah. will, will turn around. Uh, it seems like the, uh, the chat is telling us that. Jalen Hurts does sort of sound sniffly in his post-game press conference. It's interesting because the last time that Jalen Hurts was in that stadium, it was that playoff game. That sucked. And he came into the press conference room wearing a boot after having, like, given no indication at all all season long, all play, or, you know, in the lead-up that Uh. that he was dealing with anything. And it was like it came across as a bit of a, like, an excuse which I don't think is how it was intended, but it was certainly how it was, how it was read. And now for him to come into the same place and it's like, <laughs> the win is a win. I got, you know, I got well, the black lung. Yeah, we'll see what, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what Zach says. Yeah. And Zach should be joining us here momentarily. It yeah. appears. Um, yeah, that is, it was it's weird that you didn't hear anything about yeah. it until halftime. And then Shafter was the one delivering the news. Um, yeah. I, I, I feel where you're coming from. Mickey Durkin, good point here. Can we get a Britton Covey shout-out? A little juice for yes, Britton Covey Yes, we forgot tonight. to mention yeah. him. He looked good tonight. I would say Britton Covey's best game as an Eagle. No doubt about it. Yeah, because he hadn't done anything yeah. before tonight. Shout-out to Merrill Reese, who is a huge Britton Covey fan. Is he? Yeah. Oh, loves him. <laughs> what was... What what exactly? He's just always loved him. He's just he's like, it's always been his guy since last summer. He's always, he usually picks a guy. It does often happen to be a, a slot receiver, so okay. he's a big Greg Ward guy too. Okay, um, but he's always been in on on Britton Covey, and I will give Merrill credit. He was early in on Jalen Hurts, like earlier than most people. So I screwed up massively in my Jer- Jalen Hurts evaluation. Okay. Like a lot of people did. Yeah. I, I feel I like he's, I w- he's a bit of a unicorn. There's no. Yeah. yeah. So I was like one of the only people that defended the draft pick at the time. Okay. Because you had just given Wentz that monster money sure. and you needed a cheap alternative. And then you jumped off. And then after the Las Vegas game, uh, his second year, I said, this guy doesn't have what it takes. Mm. He's not seeing the field well. And he wasn't. No, that's true. And then he completely took my, uh, took my face and just shoved it right in there and uh, made me look like a real idiot last year. So I, I To be was, fair, I'm, 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 I'm sure that everybody, for most people... 
kind of got. I do like in. to imagine though that like if he would just pick like a, a random person and it would just happen to be you, mm-hmm. and, like he's got you on his in his locker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be that'd be fun. I, right. I invited yeah. him to throw tomatoes at my face at City Hall if he wanted. I was gonna get in the okay, shackles like and he could like throw a bunch of rotten fruit at me and uh, you know make me pay that way. And he said lose my number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had the uh, the inverse of most people where I supported and then bailed, yeah. where most people didn't support. And then maybe yeah. either bailed or supported, and you know it's been an emotional. So you were there coaster. at some point. Yeah, well, eventually I'll get one of these right. Mm, there you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we will we'll continue to wait for Zach. So in the meantime, let's talk about Foco, because Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. The best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season, overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. Foco has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. Just look right over here. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY for 10% off. Uh, Eagles run defense all year long has been fantastic. Really Rashad, has. Rashad White in this game, 14 carries for 38 yards. Wow. 2.7 a pop. Uh, it was pretty similar last week for Alexander Madison, and it was similar for uh, Raymondre Stevenson in week one. So uh, a, a commander's team that wants to come in and be able to run the ball. Brian Robinson's having sledding. a good start to the year, um, but I don't like his odds next week. I mean, what you're seeing from Carter and Davis is it's special. You know, usually teams get like one of those guys. It's rare that a team has three of those guys because Fletcher Cox is having a really good start to the year, too. He is. Uh, so the three of those guys look like absolute monsters out there. All right. Well, uh, Jalen Hurts has a lot to answer for. But uh, as far as we're concerned, Hmm. Not as much to answer for as Zach Berman. And so we bring in Zach Berman <laughs> from Raymond James Stadium now. And Zach, the question to you. Guys, the postgame show. Zach, can't, I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Yes. I imagine what you're about to say is really funny. <laughs> yes. My question is last week you, you told us that the show was more important than the Jalen Hurts press conference. I'm curious why this week you chose opposite. I, I needed to hear from Jalen. It was, I thought it was important tonight that I heard from Jalen. I, I checked with Andrew, the outstanding producer, uh, to see how much time you guys still had left to see if I still had time to go to Jalen. If there's only 15 minutes left, then I wouldn't have done it. But when uh, I saw that there was like 30 minutes left, I could still get the Jalen, and it was important that I was there. Um, I hope I, I don't catch these flu-like symptoms that he had, but Jalen had flu-like symptoms, and uh, I, I wanted to hear from the starting quarterback. You have not heard, so uh, please tell us what, what you heard from Jalen. First off, I, w- I was running off as fast as I could in, in the seat. That's why I'm sweating like this right now. Uh, what did I hear from, from Jalen? Jalen said, uh, well, first, he was dealing, like, he was visibly sick. You could tell with the way he was speaking uh, that he was sick, that, that he, he had these flu-like symptoms. Um, he, he didn't say whether it affected him. He simply said that they won. Uh, he said that his touchdown pass to Alameda Zacchaeus was a, a 
a huge play in the game, right? He stood in there, took the hit. Uh, he, he said they knew they, they uh, needed it there in that moment, um, and it kind of continued that big drive. He really credited the defense with the way the defense uh, played. He, he said that the interceptions, yeah, there was a miscommunication on one. Um, he, he actually didn't use that. The person who asked the question used that terminology, and he, says, he said you summed it up well. And then he said a lot of keep the main thing the main thing, and the main uh. thing's winning, and they won. <laughs> uh, so that, that was the big takeaway from Jalen Hurts, and that's why I'm about 15 minutes later cutting in front of you than I would have been if I did not go to Jalen Hurts' press conference. So, Zach, I'm, I'm a big uh, line-setting guy. Uh, if, if I set the uh, cliche line at uh, six and a half in Jalen's press conference here, uh, would an over have cashed, or was that going under? The over probably hit on the first answer. To be okay. honest with you, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I thought I thought you were going to say sixty and a half, and then I'd say okay. I probably that's six, bad bad bookmaking by me. Wait, so yeah, so Jalen Hurts right credited away. himself with making a big play in the game on the Olamide Zacchaeus th- touchdown. Well, I I framed it to him oh, okay. like what stood out to you in that play. He said, yeah, it was a big play. They 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 needed something there, you know. Uh, I don't have it verbatim in front of me what he said, but th- th- that was the gist of it was that they needed a play in that moment. It was a big play in the game. Um, and he stood in there in the pocket, made the throw. Big th- that was a game-changing play right there. Now, is it your understanding, having been in the room, that there is something like magical about the essence of the post-game press conference room in Raymond James Stadium wherein it makes Jalen Hurts – tell or show how um not 100 percent he is physically well yeah he did he did acknowledge that last game there uh kind of stuck with him and he, he he has not forgotten it and of course what Bo's alluding to is he walked in with a walking boot after that postseason loss in january 2022 and i don't know if this is making amends for it but uh they were better tonight than they were that night certainly still have ways to go offensively, but he did acknowledge that that game stuck with him. What about uh, what else did you see and hear locker room wise? Zach? Yeah, where, so, where were you? So I was I was doing my best Bo Wolf impersonation. I was uh, I was working that room, man. Um, I, I really wanted to talk to defensive players. Uh, spent a lot of time talking to Jalen Carter, uh, who. We spoke on uh, we we wrote about it today on all PHL on all PHLY, and then we spoke about it in the show on Friday about him returning to his hometown or near his hometown, uh, and that was significant for him tonight. It, it made it much sweeter. He had thirty or forty people in the crowd. His, his family had a tailgate before the game, and actually, as he right before the fumble that he forced, Jordan Davis showed him in the crowd where his family was sitting, like right before that. And then all of a sudden, boom, he, he makes a play. He said he had seen growing up uh, players punch the ball out, and that's exactly what he did there. So he, he was ecstatic about that play. Overall, speaking to the defensive players, they just really credited this defensive line, in particular the interior of the defensive line, speaking to Jordan Davis, he pointed out like how much more comfortable he is now because he gets to play with his guys because he plays with Jalen Carter and he plays with Nolan Smith. Uh, and he, I, I, I mean, I, I think he's a confirmed listener 
because at, at one point he like turned to Jalen Carter and said, I, I love you or I love playing with you, something of that nature. Um, but he, he was very uh, adamant of, about like how much he enjoys playing with Jalen Carter and they made such a difference. Yeah, Zach, I don't know if there's a player in the NFL that holds on to that ball when Jalen Carter comes in with a full punch uh, the way he did. Uh, what was the latest on the injury updates from the locker room, Zach? Was was Landon Dickerson, I guess he's the biggest one, was he getting treatment? Is there any word on what his is? And then there was Sidney Brown, uh, there was Evans, a couple guys got nicked up or banged up in this game. Can you give us the latest on the injury reports? Yeah, did, did not see Justin Evans in the locker room. He he left the game early with a neck injury. Landon Dickerson seemed fine in the locker room. He was uh, he was kind of waiting for the uh, Jason Kelsey scrum to dissipate. And you know, Jason Kelsey when he's at, when he's in a road city, he's like a dignitary, right? Like yeah. everyone come and speak to him and asking him about the Kelsey documentary. And and so uh, uh, Landon was kind of waiting for that to die down. But Landon seemed fine. Sidney Brown. I didn't have a chance to catch up with Sidney Brown. I was over with the D lineman at that point, but Sidney Brown was speaking with reporters. Uh, seemed okay there, so we'll find out more. It is a short week. Justin Evans is probably the one that jumps out as as the most serious at this point. Now, who else did you talk to? Were you in on the Kelsey scrum? I was in on the Kelsey scrum. Uh, there was probably a little too many documentary questions that I, you know, I, I did not need to hear that. But you Any know, Taylor you got Swift the questions. Probably before I got there, not when I was there. Okay. Um, you know, I'm sure that that is the there's there was DeAndre Swift questions. Actually, we got a lot of DeAndre Swift questions. Uh, but no, I, I think you broke some news uh, on Saturday when you're at Sirianni's press conference when Sirianni mm-hmm. said that his son his son said that was his favorite movie uh, or his favorite show because uh, Kelsey got asked about that. Uh, so credit to Bo Wolf there, um, but. Uh, Kelsey was was really saying like how all their all their running or he didn't say all the running backs he said Kenny Gainwell is playing really well too and, and Kenny's going to bust these loose but uh, you know credited Swift uh, the offensive line was such a difference up front there and and that that was uh, a big talking point. Yeah, it seems to me, Zach, as though, um, you know, 200 plus yard games in a row here for DeAndre Swift hasn't been done with the Eagles since 2014. He only had four 100 yard games in his time in Detroit in three years there in 40 games. Uh, It sure seems to me like the Eagles have a running back one. Uh, Nick Sirianni can, you know, we talked about in the pregame. Kenny Gainwell looked fine. I'm not taking anything away from him, uh, but DeAndre Swift was averaging almost nine yards a carry there for a large chunk of the game. Um, you know, I, I I don't know what the hesitation would be at this point in just naming DeAndre Swift your top running back. Go I've been ahead. saying this since July. Yeah, lift, yeah. Up the, lift up the <laughs> yeah. arm, take your whiff. <laughs> Honestly, I I would I've been running back and forth. I don't want to lift up the arm right now. I'm a little worried about lifting up the arm right now. Uh, but no, I this was obvious in training camp. He's got the most juice. As long as he stays healthy, he gives you a dimension that the other running backs don't. Uh, so I'm I I mean I'm surprised to see obviously back-to-back weeks of 100-yard rushing, but I'm not surprised by the way he's playing. This is what I expected when they traded for him in April, uh, and this is what I saw in training camp. And this is, I mean, uh, this is what I saw from James Bradbury a year ago and what I saw from Javon Hargrave two years ago. Oh, like this please. is, uh, <laughs> you know, some guys you can see during training camp 
that they're about to come on. They're emerging with the they're just playing differently. And he played differently this summer. Playing differently? You never saw him play before. <laughs> I've never seen DeAndre Swift play before. I've seen DeAndre Swift play since he was 16 not years in, old. Bro. And not in person, like James Bradbury is the same thing. Those guys were new to the team. Yeah, I'm saying you could just if you're an astute football observer, you can observe oh, this, please. This, this type of stuff. Zach, some people in the comment section tonight want to know if that's Banana Foster's grease on your camera yeah. or what's going on there. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think it's the just the lighting from okay. uh, behind. Right. Yeah. Uh, Somebody offered no, you a I, microfiber. Uh, they said they could send you one if you if you wanted. Uh, um, I did indulge in the banana foster, and, and uh, it was it was delicious, right? I mean, <laughs> it, it, a little too sweet. I, I've been trying to cut back on the sweets now that I'm on screen five days a week year round. Uh, but when in Rome, and I and I I really did it for the show, to be honest with you, like. I, I can't talk about it and then not do it. I didn't no. go to Burns while I was down here. So I, at the very least, I need to follow through with the banana foster at halftime. Um, could have used a, few, a, a little more bananas, honestly. Uh, it was a little light. The, the, the banana. A little too much to, foster? Yeah, a little too much foster. <laughs> a little too much foster. Um, it's kind of like the, uh, the mid-2000 Panthers, right? And I could have gone with Jonathan Stewart a little bit more. Nice, very nice. Now, now, if Emily is watching or listening, uh, maybe pause it or uh, or put it on mute for a second. Z- yeah. How many? How many did you have, Zach? Oh, just one. And if Emily's mm-hmm. uh, watching, when she watches this tomorrow morning, yeah, just one. And <laughs> once I and, and once I land back on and, and on that Philadelphia soil, um, I'll 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 cut out the desserts until uh, next weekend. Um, on a more serious note, Zach, you're uh, having watched it live. Uh, your read on the way that Jalen Hurts played. Um, I know that, that a win is a win as far as he's concerned. But the main thing is the main thing. The main thing is know. the main thing. The lamp is never full. Uh, you know, uh, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Depends on whether you push the tush. But how did you think he played? Average. I thought that the drive with the touchdown pass to OZ was – the best drive he's had this season. Uh, I think he was, I think he was seven for eight on that drive for 80 yards. And that touchdown pass was terrific. Uh, he took a few big hits there. I thought he was a little bit erratic with his throws. There were some that he missed. Uh, and then the, the uh, fake quarterback sneak at the goal line there when the feet got tangled, not an ideal play. Uh, you don't want to see two turnovers. You know, he's had his three interceptions now this season. He had his third interception last year on November 14th, right? So, this is, so that just shows you there in terms of uh, taking care of the ball. But I, I was really impressed with that touchdown drive. That's when I think back to the way Jalen played tonight, that's what's going to jump out to me was, was that drive where he stood in the pocket, read the defense, made a few really good throws. And the throw is okay. That, that touchdown pass, was the best play he's had all season. Absolutely. Uh, Zach, much of my Twitter timeline tonight was um, outraged at the red zone offense. Um, Yeah. I think they were one of five. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Any indication, I guess this is something you can dig into more this week when you're in the Novacare. How much of to your eye up in the press box maybe goes to the play calling and Brian Johnson side of things 
how much of that is maybe going to Jalen Hurts and possibly not making the right decisions, whatever it may be. What do you make of the red zone woes tonight? Well, it's a great point, and that's a big takeaway here uh, because you, you can't go one of five in, in, in the red zone. And third down and red zone, those are differences in the, in the, in the game. Um, and I, I think it's, to, to, to use a Sirianni expression, both and, both the play calling and the way Hurts played. And, uh, you know, I, on the first red zone trip, when they hand the ball off the game well, uh, didn't like that play call. That, that jumps out to me. There were a few plays. That was a weird one. Oh, yeah, there were a few plays overall down there where I thought they got a little too cute. Uh, they 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 can't be one of five. They they need to be better there. They put themselves behind the sticks on their second uh, on their second red zone trip, and you can't do that. You know they had a, a penalty there. I, I believe it was. But overall, uh, that's that's something I will explore this week. It's something that when I speak to Brian Johnson will certainly come up. And it's something that they need to rectify because when they play better teams, you know, right there, that that's the difference between, you know, that's, that's a four point play essentially. Right. So, yeah. you know, you know, I mean, my, I, I went to Syracuse. I didn't go to Catholic or Wake Forest, but four times four <laughs> is 16, right. There's 16 plays there. Uh, I'm sorry, 16 points there that they could have added to the board. Uh, so they need to finish in the red zone. Yeah. Also curious. Did you have the same reaction Bo and I did to the fake uh, tush push kind of a strange place to bust that out up 19. Yeah. I, I thought like personnel related, I, I could see why they were doing it. They, 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 they had a different personnel grouping in there. I don't know if it was their, their, their same. I hate using the term tush push. I, I call it the rugby scrum. Um, <laughs> tush push seems a little bit. Yeah. Uh, don't be afraid of the cutesy. tush Zach. Yeah, I'm, I'm the staying tush on. I, 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 incorporate I, the tush. It's fine. Look, I don't want anything viral <laughs> regarding that, so I'm 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 avoiding anything here that can be cut up into a clip and put out there, like like the Freddie Mercury thing. Uh, so now there's speaking uh, of pushes. yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I I thought so. There was discrepancy between myself and the reporter sitting next to me as far as uh, whether that that play could have worked. I thought if the feet didn't get tangled. He could have beat Tristan McCollum. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, not Tristan. A little slip there. Zion, Zion. McCollum around the edge. Uh, the reporter sitting, um, sitting next to me thought that Joe Tryon would have closed in on him. I mean, they had like game up blocking Tryon. I actually thought the angle there, Hertz could have gotten it. But uh, yeah, I, I thought that's probably a little too cute for their own good. I, I understand the play. Sometimes, like Sirianni said, you need to have some variations off of the quarterback sneak. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I didn't think of that situation. They needed to do it. All right, Zach. Well, you and I have a show uh, in about 12 hours uh, back here on yeah. the PHLY Eagles podcast. You've got some travel ahead of you. Anything else that you feel like is uh, worth mentioning from being on the scene down there? I mean, I, I say this like partly in – in jest, but this is something to to monitor. Um, you know, Jason Kelsey said everyone's sick right now. Uh, basically, right? I'm a, I'm afraid that all the reporters are gonna. It's a cramped locker room. Mm, everyone's yeah. gonna come back sick. Um, but 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 uh, you know, I mean, Jalen was dealing with the flu-like symptoms. Uh, there's something going around, so it's certainly something to be mindful of in a short week. That this is something that some of the guys uh, could be dealing with, uh, and. 
elsewhere, Reed Blankenship, a lot of praise for Reed Blankenship. Darius Slay said that that's the same same play he had against the Packers last year. Like the way he broke on the ball, the way he read it, a lot of praise in that locker room uh, for Blankenship. I, I mentioned Carter. I mentioned Davis. Uh, you know, there just a lot of credit went to that uh, defensive front. Nicholas Morrow, uh, I spoke to him, you know, about the safety. And he, he said it was all the front, right? Like the front just, just occupied everything. And he kind of went in unt- untouched. Darius Slay said he deserves a little more credit for the safety because he was on the field as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Great celebration by Slay on the safety. I got to yeah, that, yeah, that's what he said. And, and he, he actually performed it in, in, the, in the locker room too for all the sleep. Um, so those are a few things that, that jumped out. I will have a story up on the defense on all PHLY that uh, hopefully I finish by, by 2 or 3 because I got to leave for the airport at 4.30. Uh, got a, um, an early flight, and I'll be in that seat where Jamie's sitting form. right now at 11.30, delirious, loopy, uh, and Bo is going to be playing like mental gymnastics on me because I'll be on an hour and a half of sleep. Well, I look forward to that very much. Thank you, uh, thank you for joining us, Zach. Get uh, try to get a little bit of sleep, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Look forward to it. Thanks, guys. See you, Zach. Wow, what a performance from Zach Berman, the man who uh, only he knew. I think uh, the you're Eagles, on the tail end of the sickness. This is I am, yeah. yeah. Little kids, as we all know, are vectors of disease, no doubt. Uh, and you know, when the school year starts up, these kids get together, and you got no shot. Yeah, everybody's toast. And Jason Kelsey's got young girls, and you know, like a lot of the guys have young kids. Kids get sick when they go back to school. This is yeah. just science. No chance. You got so no, you got hopefully no they shot. get out of their system now in the easy part of the schedule. And then when it comes to be murderer's row time, you know, they're over their sickness and healthy and fully. Hopefully they're all watching the J- the Travis Kelsey commercial. They're all getting their uh, If I know, see one more. Shots. Yeah, he was getting roasted for uh, yeah. that. And he also had a Bud Light commercial. People were none too pleased with Travis uh, yeah. online yeah. this Big weekend. Uh, but yeah, if I see one more thing about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, I I might just throw my phone out the window. I mean, I, I kind of want to test this out. <laughs> well, we are on the seventh <laughs> yeah, floor, yeah. so it's probably going to be toast. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm good on those stories for a long time. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that'll do it for this episode of the PHLY 3-0. Eagles postgame show. Eagles 3-0, 25-11 victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a game that probably was not even quite that close. And uh, despite yep. not having played like anything close to like a B plus game with 500 yards of offense and a couple turnovers. And, yeah. yeah. And the only team in the NFC East to win this weekend. I think that's worth pointing out. I think that's probably right. Yeah. It's not like a team was a 12 and a half point road favorite mm. and lost or something to a team trying to tank. Yeah. Um, now yeah. I do. I, I am curious whether Zach Gannon fan that he is, is taking the bus or if he's <laughs> driving uh, back to Philadelphia. I still don't understand what the hell Gannon Neither was talking I. about. Neither does, do no, does anybody? I don't think it's, yeah, it's Were you supposed to take the yeah. bus or were you supposed to drive? No one will ever know. <laughs> what the hell was that? Yeah, nobody will ever know. Okay. But uh, DeAndre Swift certainly, you know, moving fast in whatever vehicle of transportation he has. He's good. Another big game. So for uh, Jamie and Andrew and Zach down in Tampa, And for all the tushes that we're pushing, 
Mm-hmm. We thank you for watching. We will talk to you tomorrow. Zach and I back here at 1130 on the PHLY Eagles podcast. That'll do it for the post-game show. Thanks to everybody for watching. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. Mm-hmm. 